0: podcast network now please welcome your host jason reed welcome back to another episode of the lake show life podcast as always i am your host jason reed the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com part of the fan-sided podcasting network coming at you on tuesday february 23rd 2021 and the los angeles lakers need help The Los Angeles Lakers, losers of three straight, four of their last five they have lost, um, coming off an ugly overtime loss to the Washington Wizards, in which they had, I believe, a 20-point lead at one point. It was at least 17 um, against a Wizards team, who, yeah, won four games in a row heading into this game, but it's still a Washington Wizard. Still isn't a great basketball team. Um, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook combined for 65. LeBron, obviously, (laughs) couldn't make the... uh, the game-winning free throw and then obviously couldn't make the game-winning shot at the end or game-tying shot at the end. Um, it was just an ugly game, um, an ugly effort, and quite frankly is a little bit indicative of how the Los Angeles Lakers are playing right now. So if anyone that you know listens to this repeatedly, the Lakeshore Life podcast, knows that I've always been touting you know, not to panic. Even in these losses to contending teams, bad teams, close wins to bad teams, um, don't panic. The regular season wins don't really matter at the end of the day and all the Lakers care about is getting to the playoffs with the top four seed something that Kyle Kuzma kind of you know confirmed saying that you know the Lakers don't care about being the number one seed like it's just about getting to the playoffs and that home court advantage doesn't really matter to them uh, I think that's absolutely true for them I I don't think they need the first seed to make a deep run in the playoffs at all um, they just need to get there and they're gonna get there um, but At the end of the day, there's, you know, again, I'm not saying panic, but it has been ugly. Yes, Anthony Davis has been out since the Nuggets game as when this, you know, losing stretch started. He got hurt in that Nuggets game, and that's when the wheels kind of fell off. Um, And it is a concern. So Anthony Davis is going to be out four weeks, maybe even longer. You know, they have to be as cautious as possible with AD. They can't push anything. Um, The Lakers, you know, they're not going to fall out of playoff contention. That's not going to happen, not with LeBron James. But they need help because with how they're playing right now, They're losing games. That's fine. Whatever, you know, they'll they'll swing back. But like LeBron's being asked to do a lot. I mean, last night he played 43 minutes at the age of 36. And like this was supposed to be a year where we're all going into it, talking about how he's going to take, you know, some not time off, but he's going to, you know, have a lesser role in the rotation and play fewer minutes and do all these things to stay fresh. And he's he's that's not what's happening. You know, with AD out, he's having to play more and he's having to do more. Um, he was averaging the fewest minutes per game of his career. That's up to 35. That's more than last year, 35 minutes per game. Um, over um, over the last five or six games, I'm sure it's much higher than that. Um, he He's just doing a lot in that. That's worrisome because, yeah, 80's hurt right now, and he should come back, and he should be okay. You know, fingers crossed. But, you know, what if LeBron gets hurt? You know, what if they run him to the ground? Yeah, LeBron has been doing this his entire career. He's also 36, and, you know, it is worrisome. LeBron, since the start of February, has averaged 38 minutes a game 38.1 minutes per game that is if that was the whole season that would be the most he has played since 2010-2011 his first year with the Miami Heat so first time 38 minutes per game obviously it's not the whole season but it's worrisome it's worrisome because how much he's playing and that's what I'm more worried about really than the wins and losses yeah the Lakers are looking ugly and they do actually have the easiest schedule thus far in the league and yeah they have a good record but it doesn't feel like it's as good as it is 22 and 10 and you know with a lot of close wins against bad teams um it it doesn't feel like 22 and 10 against you know bad teams and then the second half what's what's coming the second half you know with ad back you know the hope is that you know they'll they'll go on a run they'll beat some good teams but even before he was hurt you know he wasn't playing much and even when he was playing he wasn't the same ad he was kind of you know 80 percent of himself and that's what led to kind of maybe some of these closer games and some of these losses so don't worry until AD comes back. I mean, I want to remind everyone that last year, the Lakers had a four-game losing streak um, in December. I, th- I want to say right around this time of the year in terms of just games played. So from game 28 to twenty to 31, and they have played, what, 32 games? So they're entering that same lull kind of stretch that they entered last year this many games in. And I mean, I don't know if any, if you guys remember, but, you know, they lost to Indiana by three. They lost to Milwaukee by seven. They lost to Denver by twenty-four. And they lost to the Clippers by five. Four game losing streak. No one remembers that. They only remember the championship. um, You know, later in the season, I believe in January, they lost to Boston by a bunch. And then they lost to Philly a few games later by 17. And then their next game against Portland, they lost by eight. That was actually the the first game after, you know, Kobe Bryant's tragic passing. Um, So they're. They had games like this last year, and last year that was the narrative when it happened. Like, oh, the Lakers, you know, can they make a deep run in the playoffs? Can they beat playoff teams consistently? All this. And look what they did. They won the NBA championship. So LeBron and AD is still the the hardest one-two pairing to guard in the league. And once AD comes back and he's healthy and, you know, these two are doing it again, you know, they should be fine. Um, But with the level AD was playing before his injury and it being an Achilles slash calf injury, which is already scary as is, it's a little worrisome and you know, before it felt like a Lakers at least a title birth was a guarantee. It doesn't feel like that's a guarantee anymore, which is kind of sad, Um, but they need help. And the rumors have been swirling about what they could get in help. Uh, DeMarcus cousins actually, as of this morning, just got released by the Houston Rockets. Now the Lakers waived Quinn cook last night after the game, after the loss. And it seems like they're setting up perfectly for DeMarcus cousins to come to LA, but there was a story in the LA times and, uh, you know, sources close to the Lakers saying they do not expect to reunite with the Marcus Cousins. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why he's not part of the plans. I, I, I don't know if it's the character thing. It's if they really think they don't need a backup center, which they do. I mean, if Frank Vogel is not going to play Markeef, uh, excuse me, Montrez Harrell in, you know, overtime and crunch time, like, they need someone to play out there because Marcus Gasol is losing gas late in these games, especially in overtime. And, you know, Marquise Morris has been playing awfully this year. So they need someone. Um And it being uh, waving Queen Cook, you know, indicates to me that they probably will sign someone. So I don't know if, you know, maybe the source isn't 100% accurate. I'm not saying that at all. But it just it makes so much sense to go after Boogie Cousins. I don't understand why they wouldn't go after Boogie Cousins. You figure gives more depth at the center position. Just give him the minutes Markeef Morris is getting. I'm a huge Markeef guy, but he's been awful this season. Like he shouldn't just keep playing on his namesake. Um, Give him those minutes. Let him be the second traditional five. That you could play in crunch time, you know, in the overtime, if you really are, you know, skeptical of Montrez Harrell's defense, especially in the pick and roll. Um, and he also out offers, you know, a little bit of a playmaking dynamic with Anthony Davis out. He's not Anthony Davis by any stretch of the means, but, you know, he can stretch the floor a little bit, which will help, sp- you know, the floor spacing and whatnot. And he is, you know, he's not the same. He's not as athletic as he used to be, but he is someone who can, you know, kind of bang down low, but also do a little bit of finesse as a big man and someone who the, can replace what Anthony Davis... Not so much what he offers, but just the style in which he offers. So the style can stay the same, and it, it just it, it seems to make so much sense. Where I just don't understand why they wouldn't go after him. It, it's got to be something behind the scenes, some character thing. Uh, maybe that scuffle with Marquise Morris, who knows? Um, but I, I don't get it. You know, and there's also the rumors about PJ Tucker potentially, you know, being traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, or you know, if he gets bought out, signed. That's a fine move. Um, I like P.J. Tucker. I know there's those that don't think P.J. Tucker's all that great. You look at his averages this year, and it's like, well, what are we really getting in return? Um, again, he would essentially be getting Markeith Morris's minutes, and he'd be a better version of Morris. The offensive output for the two is around the same. It's both not great, you know, Tucker's having—but his usage rate is really down in Houston this year. Um, but Morris is a better defender—or not Morris, excuse me. Uh, Tucker, at least this season, is a better defender. He is not as good as he was in the past, but he still has a positive defensive box plus minus. Marquise Morris is in the negative. Um, so if you just get a better defensive, you know, four that, you know, he's physical. He's kind of that gritty style of basketball player. He, you give him Marquise minutes, you know, and if he gets hot from beyond the arc, he becomes a really valuable three um, and D commodity in the wing rotation. So I also like the, the addition of um, potential addition of PJ Tucker. I really like the addition potential addition of DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know why they wouldn't pursue him. Like I said, maybe Blake Griffin's in the pipeline. Who knows? You know, that's the rumor that Blake Griffin probably going to get bought out by the Pistons. I personally don't see how the Pistons get a trade done, but who knows? I could be wrong. Um, if he gets bought out, he could potentially be signed. That's still a little bit, it's like Tucker, you know, where it's like the same style, but he's not as good defensively. Um, and you know, he kind of warrants more minutes I feel like. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Andre Drummond is another guy, you know, who could get bought out. He has a huge contract. Who's going to trade for that huge contract? There might be someone who could, you know, string together the contracts to get that contract in return. But there's a good chance that Drummond gets bought out. And then maybe Drummond comes to L.A. And they get a traditional five who probably starts over Marcus Hall. Um Hassan Whiteside is another option. You know, if he gets bought out, he's like that prototypical rim protecting, rebounding backup five that the Lakers had in, you know, Dwight Howard last year. Um, there are options for the Lakers, and it's just what they want to do. You know, they're still in the driver's seat. Yeah, they're they're losing some games, but they're still the NBA title favorites. Um, they still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So any buyout player is going to look at the Lakers and be really intrigued by them. So it's, it's just going to be interesting to see what they do. You know, there's also the speculation that they might want to trade for Mo We've talked about that here on the Lakeshore Life podcast. I don't know if they'd waive Quinn Cook to do a trade for Mo Um. I don't hate the Mobamba trade, though, even though it would take THT, and for that reason it won't happen, but I don't hate Mobamba as a player. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do, um, but we do have to preview the upcoming Utah Jazz game. That is tomorrow, uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Um, obviously not the full-strength Lakers, and the Jazz are the best team in the league right now. But first, support for the Lake Show Life podcast and the Fansided Podcasting Network is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers, offers, precision engineer tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, including myself, and they have an exclusive offer, offer for the Lake Show Life listeners. If you use the code fansided20 over at manscaped.com, you can get 20% off plus free shipping. Now I wanted to talk to you guys about the product a little bit. So they sent us, they hooked us up, sent us their perfect package 3.0 kit Um, it included, you know, their, um, their lawnmower 3.0, which is like their marquee product. You know, it's the razor, the trimmer, it's got the led light, it's waterproof, showerproof, all that stuff. It's got the little slide on you can get. So you don't nick yourself up. Um, just a fantastic product to clean up down there, do some personal grooming. I've used it. It's great. I would definitely recommend it. That's kind of the center point of it, but they also got the crop preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer. Um, they say you already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put it, you know, down there where it gets the smelliest, sometimes um, they also got the Crop Reviver. Again, another great smelling product that I've tried out. Um, along with the Crop Reserver, it helps it from sweating, smelling, sticking down there—all the stuff you don't want to happen. Um, and they also have, you know, some gifts, free gifts in their perfect package. They sent us a high a pair of high performance Manscape boxer briefs. You know, keep me feeling fresh all day. And they also sent a little travel bag. That's just great to bring all these products on the road. I know we're not traveling much right now, 2021, but when you are, this bag great for all your Manscape products. Um, it's great. It's great products. You know, I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it if I didn't love it myself and they've hooked us up and they want to hook you guys up again. Use the code fansighted20 over at manscaped.com. That's right. You get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code fanside 20 Go check them out guys. They're great. Fansighted20 over at manscaped.com. So the Utah Jazz, red hot. I said this before, this is a few podcast episodes ago. I wrote an article about this. I was talking about how the Utah Jazz are no threat to the Los Angeles Lakers in a potential playoff series. And I just want to say I can't wait for this game because if we're being honest, the Jazz are probably going to win. I'm going to have a lot of Jazz fans in my mention telling me how st- mentions telling me how stupid I am. Um, but to be fair, Lakers not at full strength, missing An- missing Anthony Davis. Uh, Dennis Schroeder has been out as well. He should be back for this game. That's the, you know optimistic outlook Um, but that's also a huge loss I didn't even talk about that in the last you know three games you know not having Schroeder is massive for the backcourt just the team in general Um, but they're still not 100% this isn't the Lakers they're going to see in the playoffs and you know the Jazz without Anthony Davis match up pretty well against the Los Angeles Lakers now Anthony Davis is the x-factor that I think completely shifts the game but Anthony Davis is not playing so we have to talk about it without him Look, the way the Lakers are playing, I just don't see how they win this game against the Jazz, quite frankly. Now, they are an experienced team and they might want to prove something after losing, you know, four of their last 5 three in a row. And I definitely could see the Lakers kind of upsetting everyone um and winning this game. I believe this will be the second time they're underdogs. I think they were underdogs on the road against the Bucks if I'm not mistaken or maybe it was Philly. Um, But they aren't underdogs very often with LeBron James. They're going to be underdogs in this game. They have to be. They're on the road against the Jazz, the best team in the league this season. They don't have Anthony Davis. I would guess they're probably going to be two-and-a-half, three-point underdogs. Um, They probably should be four, four four-and-a-half. But since they're the Lakers and they get a lot of public attention, they'll probably be less because, you know, the lines don't have to intrigue people to bet on them as much, you know, don't have to raise that line at all. Um, But I, I just... I I don't see how they win this game. So the Utah Jazz are playing fantastic basketball. They're just coming off a game against the Charlotte Hornets back and forth. I know this because I may or may not have had money on this game on the Hornets side of the spread. Uh, The Hornets were leading by, I believe, eight with like three minutes left in the third quarter. And the Jazz just, you know, switched into a new gear, won 132 to 110. Um, And it's just, it's a team effort every single night for them. So I talked about how I like the Lakers depth more, but I got to respect what the Jazz are doing. Their ball movement is fantastic. Um, and they just got role players who were stepping up and hitting shots. I mean, you look at the game uh, yesterday against the the Charlotte Hornets. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in double figures, uh, four of which scored 20 or more. Donovan Mitchell, 23. Joe Ingles, 21. Clarkson, 20. Former Laker. Uh, Georges Niang, uh, 21 off the bench. So they they got guys. You know, they got good defense. You know, Mike Conley. You know, he's a good defensive point guard. He's not the same guy as he once was, but he's still a gritty good defensive point guard. Uh, Rudy Gobert, obviously a great defensive center who Anthony Davis has kind of exploited in the past, um, but there's no Anthony Davis in this. So I, I don't see Montres Harrell or Kyle Kuzma having the big game that the Lakers need with Anthony Davis out because of Rudy Gobert. They just don't match up as well with Gobert and they're not, you know, an elite, you know, all NBA forward that can go toe to toe with, you know, a two-time, three-time defensive player of the year. Um, so that's going to be a problem. So they have that. They have the role players with no Dennis Schroeder. The Jazz are undoubtedly with no Schroeder and Davis, quite frankly, the Jazz are undoubtedly deeper than the Lakers with both Davis and Schroeder. I still think the Lakers are a little bit deeper Um, and it's just a problem. You know, I I don't see with especially how the Lakers are playing defense recently um, on the perimeter as well. I don't see how the Lakers are going to slow down the Jazz and their ball movement. I mean, the Lakers have just been getting torched from beyond the arc these last few games. I mean, look at the game against Brooklyn. They were almost identical in every single metric um, after the game, but the one thing that they weren't was the three-point ball. The Brooklyn Nets just shot the three-point point ball not not only better than the Lakers, but more often, and they just they they severely torched him in that, you know, that regard. Last night wasn't too bad against the Wizards. Wizards were 9 of 25, 36%. Lakers actually 15 of 44, 34% made more. But, you know, 36%, that's kind of like the floor or like the ceiling, I should say, of how good the Lakers have been playing perimeter defense these last few games, which is a problem. That cannot be your ceiling. I mean, you go over to the the Miami Heat game, they shot. Okay, they were actually terrible from the on the arc. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. They were 8 of 28, but they hit their shots when they needed. And they were also hurt by um, stress off the bench going 0 for 8. Outside of him, they were 8 for 20. You know, that's a solid 40%. Um, again, the Nets torched him. And... With there being so many scorers in Utah that can hit shots at given times, like it is a little worrisome. Um, they're not going to have some guy named Struss off the bench who's going to miss a bunch of threes. You know what I mean? Um, so it's I, I just don't see how they match up and they win this game against the Utah Jazz. And this is the first time all season I'm going into the game for the Lakers, talking about how I have no idea how they're going to win, um, which means they're going to win and they're going to make me look stupid. And all you Laker fan, you know all the Laker fans out there. Um, all you guys listening can call me dumb and rightfully so I'll probably deserve it. Um, the case for the Lakers, still a defensive minded team kind of maybe step up and want to do have a prove it game against the Utah jazz. Frank Vogel might, you know, figure some rotations out a little bit better. Maybe Ruby, Rudy Gobert has a bad defensive game. That's probably not going to happen. And the jazz have to have a poor shooting day. Excuse me. Um, but their ball movement and the way they play basketball, I don't see how that is going to regress, especially in a regular season game. But this Jazz team, they remind me a lot of the Atlanta Hawks teams from about five, six years ago that were so good in the regular season and, you know, even came first in the Eastern Conference one year. And they always won a bunch of games um, and all that stuff, you know. But in the playoffs, they could never string it together because, you know, they didn't really have... That star power. They didn't have that guy who could go toe to toe with LeBron James and the Miami Heat or LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, the 2014-2015 Hawks, 60 and 22, they finished first. Uh, the next year they finished fourth. The next year they finished fifth. Those are good records. You know, they weren't bad. They weren't a bad basketball team. But especially that 2014-2015 team where they finished first. They might have finished. Oh no, so they had a losing record the year before, a winning record two years before. So really, that 2014-2015 team is what I compare this jazz team too. And you look back at that team, they just had a lot of guys contributing just like this jazz team. They had great ball movement. Um, Paul Millsap, Jeff Teague, Al Horford, Damari Carroll, Kyle Corver, Dennis Schroeder, ironically, all averaged 10 or more points. And it was just one of those things where they, they all, you know, the, the sum of the parts was greater than the sum of the whole. But when you get to the playoffs, that doesn't always mean everything. They made it to the Eastern conference finals. Don't get me wrong, but they got swept by the Cavaliers. So star power means a lot in the playoffs. So I like the jazz in this regular season matchup to beat the Lakers. I don't think it means much because I think when you play a seven game series, things are a lot different. And the way you play a team is a lot different and seeing them over and over makes it easier. And I just, I I see that happening where the jazz, I would not be surprised if they finish with the best record in the league, quite frankly. And just because of, you know, their ball movement and their depth and everything, they get to that spot, but then they play the Lakers or the Clippers even. Um, in the NBA playoffs and I don't think they win either of those series and I don't think either of those series goes maybe six games at the most but it's like one of those definitive six games where it's 2-0 then 2-1 and 3-1 and 3-2 then 4-2 I I just they don't have the star power and yeah they have Donovan Mitchell who's averaging you know 24-5 and 4 he's great but he's also terrible defensively he is so bad defensively and that's going to be a problem in the NBA playoffs Uh, Mike Conley you know he's old as you know the season goes along and he racks up more minutes you know like He's 33, I mean, and he's kind of already regressing. You know, he's still a good basketball player. Um, Rudy Gobert, I mean, he's good, but in the playoffs, you know, again, he's gotten exposed at times. You know, teams drawing him out to the perimeter and really opening up the paint and all this stuff. Um, You know, they have good role players, Joe Ingles, you know, Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Derek Favors, Neon, all of them. But at the end of the day, I just, star power wins championships. You know, what is the last NBA team that made it to the finals based on role players? I mean, you could be, say the, the Toronto Raptors, but they had Kawhi Leonard and, you know, who's playing out of his mind that year. And they also had uh, Pascal Siakam, who really took a huge step up, you know, in those playoffs, especially. Um, and the Jazz are just a team that historically have done this. I mean, you figure last year they finished six, but, you know, they weren't bad, but they finished six. They lost the first series against the Denver Nuggets the year before, finished fifth. They won 50 games. They lost in the first round against the Houston Rockets. The year before that, they finished fifth. They made it to the second round, only won one game. Again, lost to the Houston Rockets. The year before that, won 51 games. Lost in the second round, swept by the Golden State Warriors. So, over the last half decade, they've been this team that makes the playoffs and can win a decent amount of games. This is obviously a much better version than those previous teams um, in terms of the results in the regular season this year. But they get there and they just don't have that star power to really get by a team like the Lakers or Clippers. So I think the Lakers are going to lose this game. You know, complete transparency. I know that's not what you guys want to hear. And I'm going to pick against the Lakers in the betting picks. Um, I don't have the lines in front of me because it's two days away. But I think the Lakers are going to lose this game. But I don't think it means anything about a potential playoff matchup. I do have to do the purple and gold players for this game. For those that do not know, the purple player is a role player on the Utah Jazz that the Lakers need to look to stop, need to beat up a little bit, you know, bruise them, leave them a little purple. Um, In order to win this game, whereas the gold player is a role player on the Lakers that I think is going to have a good game. Not just he needs to have a good game, but is going to have a good game. This episode, I'm going to kind of combine them. I think he's going to have a good game, but that he really needs to have a good game as well. And since we're talking about it, I'm just going to go with Alex Caruso. Uh, Alex Caruso playing fewer than 20 minutes per game. I do not like that. He is a great defensive point guard. Um, You know, the Lakers are much better when he's on the court than when he's off the court um you know you look at let's go over to his on-court numbers you know he's got a plus 10 uh net rating when he's on the court opposed to um or he's plus 10 but he's plus 6.2 on the court opposed to when he's off the court um he's just he's a very good basketball player and he, he makes a huge difference on this team and yeah he doesn't do much offensively but his defensive impact is just is you know does all the talking he was he's third on the team in defensive box plus minus behind marcus all which is a little bit misleading. He's good defensively, but I don't know if he's as good as he is. And uh, he's tied with Anthony Davis. So he's second on the team. He, he's a great defensive player and they're going to need him to have a good defensive night to slow down some of these role players shooting the basketball, but he can't do that much only playing 20 minutes per game. And that's part of the thing with Frank Vogel's rotations that I think needs to be ironed out. I think Alex Crusoe needs to play more minutes, um, especially, I mean, he has been playing more with Schroeder out, but they need his defense. They really do, and especially a team like this, who's going to torch them from three if they do not, if they're not careful. Um, they need his defense, and I think he's going to have a big game defensively. And they need him to have a big game defensively. So that's the hope. As for the Utah Jazz role player, then you slow down in order to win this game. I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson for two reasons. One, obviously, is scoring off the bench. Is you know it is. Legitimate thing, you know, 18 points off the bench. He's shooting 95% from the free throw line, 38% from deep, 45% from the field. You know, he's a 45, 38, 95. That's really good. Uh, 18 points, as I mentioned, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He, They need to slow him down off the bench because if the Lakers win this game, it's going to be a gritty, low-scoring game. It's just going to have to be that. So they got to slow that down. And defensively, he's not the greatest, obviously. So they need to attack that. They need to attack Jordan Clarkson, you know, defensively. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, not a great defender as well, and Jordan Clarkson's also slightly below average defender. Also, so attack those two, um, especially Clarkson when he's on the bench, on the floor. Um, have whether it's Schroeder if he plays or whoever if it's LeBron if he gets any switches on Clarkson. They have to attack him They have to attack Donovan Mitchell on the defensive end, and you know that's kind of the story. You know, attack them, kind of pick their matchups, and win a gritty basketball game. That's kind of their only hope here. And couldn't they do it? Absolutely, uh, the Lakers can win. I don't think they're going to, but they absolutely can win. Um, in the playoffs, I feel even better. I'm not worried whatsoever, no matter the result. If the Lakers win this game, I'm not going to come on here tout and like, see, I told you all the Lakers are so much better than the jazz, um, uh, because it's such a weird game with Anthony Davis out and it's the regular season. Anything can happen in the regular season. Anything can happen. The Lakers just lost to the wizards. I mean, anything could happen. Um, so we'll see what happens. Those are my purple and gold players. The betting picks will be on the website tomorrow. That is the day of the game. Wednesday. Um, you could check those out. Keep up with my season record. I admittedly did not do picks for the Wizards game. Hand up, that's on me. Um, and then we're going to be coming back at you in later in the week. You know, hopefully talking about some Lakers wins, not some Lakers losses. We're we're heading into the final stretch of the first half of games. So, and it'll be the All Star break, and you know, Lakers are going to have to regroup and recover. In the meantime, y'all have a great week. Go Lakers. Hey.